The United States on Friday began to carry out airstrikes against Iran-backed militants and Iranian military targets in Iraq and Syria in retaliation for a drone attack on an American base in Jordan on January 28th that killed three U.S. service members. We're told the airstrikes hit more than 85 targets. And Jake Sullivan told all the weekend shows this was just the beginning of the response and there would be more steps. Let's bring in Javed Ali, associate professor of the Gerald R. Ford School of Public Policy at the University of Michigan. Good morning. Good morning. Um, First of all, do you think, because a lot of the politics Republicans out there saying we this hasn't done enough when they've hit 85 plus targets do you think it at least moved the needle well based on what happened now uh, a week ago a little more than a week ago with the drone attack against the U.S. base in Jordan and the death of three U.S. service personnel and um, the injuries to a few dozen more President Biden had to do something beyond what the U.S. had been doing already Uh, in the past few months um, uh, in the region. And the response we've seen now on Friday uh, and more strikes against Houthi targets in Yemen, this seems to be part of the the campaign that the U.S. has said that they will now carry out. What we don't know from the outside looking in is how effective have these strikes been? Have they truly degraded the infrastructure that has facilitated these attacks for the last few months? The the rockets, the drones, the ballistic missiles, other small arms, it's its very difficult to know that. But when Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, goes out on television and says there will be more operations, that suggests that there will be more of these types of attacks we've seen just the past few days from the U.S. side that are designed to do that, again, uh, road and degrade that infrastructure uh, that has uh, launched all these attacks against U.S. interests and, and other um, other countries' interests over the past few months. And, uh, Javid, while these strikes are uh, ongoing, are there any diplomatic efforts being pursued uh, at the same time uh, while these strikes are happening? So uh, Secretary Blinken has been engaged in another round of shuttle diplomacy in the region. Um, it, it appears more for Israel-Gaza-related, uh, the Israel-Gaza-related conflict than um what's happening between the U.S. and Iran and the different proxy groups in Yemen, in Syria, uh, and Iraq. Uh, but after the um, the strikes on Friday night, uh, the Iraqi prime minister and other members of the Iraqi parliament were furious and said that this is unacceptable. It's a violation of our sovereignty mm-hmm. and that this is going to add another diplomatic issue that needs to be resolved because the U.S. still has about 2,500 troops in Iraq that are there ostensibly for counterterrorism purposes. And if the Iraqis um, decide to vote or or um, put that the wheels in motion to, to force the, the U.S. troop presence to leave, um, that will make a significant effort in the broader U.S. counterterrorism posture in the region. So this is very complicated right now. So I think on the diplomatic side, there's even more that Secretary Blinken and other U.S. government officials have to do. There's no question that Iran is sponsoring this. There is, I think, extreme skepticism that any Iranian leadership suffered any losses in these attacks that were on proxies. I think some of the president's critics have said, look, until you take out some Iranian leadership and until you take out maybe some oil infrastructure, they're not getting the message. Are they wrong? 
Well, this is another one of these really important questions that the administration had to think through is that, yes, uh, Guy, as you mentioned, the Iran has supported all these proxy groups in the regions for years and, and decades, and it's made them as capable as they are or certainly were uh, um, until uh, recently. But if the U.S. were to directly target senior Iranian uh, military officials with the Revolutionary Guard Corps and the unconventional wing of the Guard Corps, the Quds Force, that on the Iranian side would be seen as even more escalatory and would lead to another cycle of violence that could spiral out of control. So that's it, Because, that, I mean, th- those, those that look at the Soleimani execution have said, hey, we didn't see that much retaliation for that. It was really uh, uh, perfunctory. Well, uh, I think the U.S. got lucky in the aftermath of the Soleimani strike because the, the Iranians did launch a, a pretty large ballistic missile attack against al-Assad Air Base in western Iraq. Luckily, no U.S. troops got um, killed. Many or dozens were injured. Um, but the, the rockets that they launched all hit their targets, showing a pretty significant capability. And then in the years after, and the American public didn't really get get these stories, uh, but the 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 news were announced or was announced um, by the Department of Justice and, and uh, other parts of the government. There were Iranian plots to kill John Bolton and potentially Mike Pompeo and other senior U.S. government officials. So the Iranians never forgot about the Soleimani strike. They were just trying to figure out a way how could they engage in something that they would view as proportional. And that's that's the, the risk that if the U.S. starts striking senior Iranian government officials, that who would the Iranians choose to retaliate against? But, yeah, this is a this is a really difficult part of dealing with Iran is that if we do take the fight directly to them, that they will figure out, try to figure out a way to retaliate either against the United States in the region or elsewhere in the world. And even though it's highly unlikely, we should point out that Jake Sullivan on Meet the Press yesterday did not rule that out. Yeah. I mean, he said he wasn't going to say what's on the table or off the table. Um, I was listening to a report that it's so hard to strike these proxies because they have storage units with these missiles and drones and everything all over the place, like thousands of places. So that's why it's really hard to hit them hard. Right. And uh, there are thousands of fighters in each of these groups. And the Iranians, again, have supported them for so many years with fairly advanced um, weapons and equipment. And uh, it's not all stored in one central location. It's dispersed all over the place in Yemen and Syria and Iraq. We haven't even talked about Hezbollah uh, in Lebanon, which is a completely different um sort of uh, threat altogether. So, uh, yeah, even with the the series of strikes that we've seen uh, so far, um, not sure how much effect that's had on degrading that capability that the different groups have. And if the U.S. is really trying to, to, to get that capability down to a much lower level than it is right now, this will take a campaign of months and again, as this goes deeper into the year with an election, how does that play out? Um, and so I, I'm not sure that we know what the, the future looks like here, because if, if the goal is to really grind down um, the, the capabilities of these different groups, it's going to take a very long time. And who knows, it may have to involve um, boots on the ground, too, which is going to be an enormously controversial decision for the administration. So um, it, it's very hard 
right now to know where this campaign is going. As far as uh, Iran and, and their proxies, you know, in these strikes against um, uh, the United States, does it make a difference who's in the White House? Well, it will. Um, I mean, this is going to go on. Uh, we've got President Biden um, for the the rest of the year, and if if President Biden gets reelected, I mean, he's going to still be dealing with an Iran that is hostile to U.S. interests. And if we have a different president, it's the same thing. I mean, the Iranians haven't really changed their orientation against the United States since the revolution in 1979, despite right. who the president of the United States has been. And that's just the nature of this current set of leaders in, in Iran. Once Ayatollah Khamenei, I mean, he's in his late 80s. If, once he passes away, um, there is a whole other group of very senior clerics below him called the Council Ready to of step in. Yeah. Right, who will just step in and continue this. So it's not like Iran is going to change its orientation overnight. A lot of difficult decisions upcoming with American troops' lives on the line. Javed Ali, associate professor at the Gerald R. Ford School of Public Policy at the University of Michigan. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Nolan Finley is next on JR Morning.